Hello and welcome to today's Professional Development and Education Committee webinar from COSIDA. And our topic today is adjusting on the fly, how to prepare for sudden competition disruptions, cancellations and scheduling issues. It's a very timely conversation as everyone is dealing with the COSIDA, with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic right now. And what it's doing to schools nationally is forcing them to make adjustment, adjustments. Pivot on the fly has been a theme of the year and we'll discuss with four of our panels today how they've done just that. First of all, the 2021 COSIDA Professional Development and Continuing Education webinar series is presented by Capital One. Thank you to our corporate partners from Capital One for their continued investment in our membership. My name is Ira Thor. I'm the Senior Director of University Communications at New Jersey City University, where I was previously the school's SID for the last 20 years. I still freelance at a half dozen schools here in New Jersey. And so far, all five basketball games I've been scheduled to work have been postponed due to COVID-19 positive cases. So while that's an inconvenience, our four panels today are in the trenches dealing with competition disruptions, cancellations, and scheduling issues, either on an institutional basis for a conference or both. Our four panelists today are Kevin Davis. Kevin is from Coastal Carolina University, where he's the assistant AD for media relations, and his football team, where he is the contact, is ranked number nine in the latest rankings. Go Chanceliers. John Paquette from the Big East. He's the Big East Conference Senior Associate Commissioner for Sports Media Relations the third vice president of COSIDA and a legend. He is a member of the COSIDA Hall of Fame class of 2019. Shelby Scott from Missouri Valley College in the NAIA. She's the assistant SID at Missouri Valley. She's also the SID for the Heart of America Conference and an assistant women's volleyball coach at Missouri Valley. And Felicia Short from Queens in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she is the Assistant AD for Communications. Thanks to everybody for joining us today for what we hope will be a very uh, helpful panel. And we're gonna start with messaging. How are you planning your messaging, either in your conference or on your campus and things that you think everybody should remember as they're going through this? Uh, John, how about as our resident Hall of Famer, you lead us off. Thank you, Ira. Um, as far as our messaging goes, and we're talking about COVID, um, coordination to me is, is the key here because at least from the conference office, all the stuff around COVID is involving postponements or cancellations. So we've had plenty of them, uh, just like everybody has. And Ira, you know, your, your reference to the basketball games that you're going to work. Um, to me, it's coordination and it's timing uh, in just yesterday, just last night, Sunday night, we changed a couple of games. So we needed three schools to cooperate or to, to help us uh, make the announcements of games being postponed, games being added. So everybody has to be on the same page. We don't want the media to announce um, our postponements or our changes. So you deal with, you put together short messaging, um, you make your announcement, everybody's on the same page and hopefully it goes smoothly. Now, um, in terms of messaging with COVID, what we've done is we've uh, very limited descriptions. We, we don't get into a lot of details. We'll say 
this game was canceled due to COVID issues within this particular program. We don't offer a lot of details. If the schools want to communicate and they want to offer more details, then they're free to do that. But from a conference office, and when multiple entities are involved, we try to keep it simple and try to be timely. Kevin, what about you? Your program's going through right now its best season of all time. It's got a lot of national attention. You've already had a, a well-publicized postponement in your game against, I believe, Troy. Um, how, how is your university handling the messaging during this time? Well, John kind of nailed it in terms of its, its communication is key, um, not only with just the uh, your staff and your administration and the university, but also your uh, teams that you're competing with. Um, and the conference office um, is, is some somebody that you can rely on with that, um, particularly in our instance when it was two conference teams. You know, you rely on them to kind of take the lead so that it comes from the conference first. And then uh, as the schools work together to, to release it at the same thing, uh, same time. And then also just more or less, it's, it's more about just uh, getting the message out quick and, and, and easy so that the media doesn't get it or social media doesn't take it and run with it. Um, so it doesn't necessarily need a lot of details, but it's more or less just being effective in, in, in the timing and how you're able to, to present it to get it out quickly to the masses. How quickly are you getting it out once you know there's gonna be a postponement? With us, it's once, once we know, we hear word from our athletic trainers and doctors that there might be one, uh, we immediately talk to um, the uh, the opponent or the other team, uh, let them know that, it, you know, it, whether it's on us or them, um, how it's going to go out and, and how quickly they can get it all kind of all in place. And then obviously you run by the conference office to make sure you're all three on the same page. And, and um, as soon as, you know, it's, it's good to go, you go out and, and with communication the way it is today with cell phones and social media and everything, everybody can kind of get on the same page pretty quickly. Felicia, you're in the same portion of the country uh, as Kevin, you know, you with your basketball program on campus have already uh, dealt with some uh, postponement cancellation issues. Same question for you. How are you handling the messaging uh, around everything happening on your campus? Um, same thing John and Kevin have said, everybody working together, communicating with each other, definitely from um, once we get word from the athletic trainers as well. Um, and it goes through our AD and the coaches and to the other school and then the conference gets involved. Um, we all just work together to get the, communi the communication out on the topic. So, um, so yeah, once, once we hear about it and, um, and get the communication out, I'm sorry. <laughs> once we hear about it and get the communication out, we all just work together basically. Now Shelby, you're obviously wearing multiple hats here playing on, camp, on campus and also at the conference office. So you have two different variables you have to think about. What are your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, I mean, we've been right in line with everything else that's been said. Um, when we first started, we came out and had announced we were moving forward with fall sports um, in early August. And our goal behind that was to be as transparent as we could be, but also making sure that we were relaying messages with positivity um, and that's been something that we've tried to focus on as we've moved forward with discussing goals and moving things forward as schedules have changed. Um, but it's just been a matter of from the top to the bottom, making sure that we can do what we can, the conference office to ADs, ADs to coaches and ADs to SADs or however each institution works on that, um, doing what we can to 
make sure that the message gets relayed. And we've been just like what everybody else has said, trying to coordinate it so that the information goes out from the institution level first before anybody else can get a hold of it. So we'll transition to the next part of this discussion. And it's really about, and I think this goes a lot back to your rapport and having good positive rapport with your coaches. How are you addressing communication with your coaching staff so you know early in the process that there may be a chance for a change or in addition to the schedule? Kevin, we'll start with you on this one. So uh, what, what we've really realized this year is, is not just me, but my staff in general is, is to have that rapport with your coach that they're the first person that you call when you hear a change or, or have a change and that if they hear the same thing, you're the first person they call. So that's been a, a great way to help build our relationship, knowing that we have to rely on each other to make sure we're accurate um, and what we're going to be putting out and make sure, um, for instance, we know what's going to be happening. Uh, I'm sure most people are aware that we had a game changed um, a few weeks back now with, with uh, Liberty and, and uh, having COVID issues. And we added BYU on a, on a Thursday morning. Um, college game day was here that weekend. So it was one of those things where we had to really work together to make sure we got uh, on the same page so that um, our coach was answering the right questions in the press conferences um, and that uh, the AD and uh, coach and myself were all putting out the same message on how it um, occurred and, and why we made the decision we did. And it's just one of those things where it's, you know, um, relying on each other is, is something that when times are changing, you have to adapt and adjust and, and you need that person to, to be able to call you and, and, and trust that you'll call them when something arises. Felicia, what are your uh, thoughts on this? Um, I would definitely agree on having good relationships with your coaches so that, um, you're in that communication chain. Um, I would also say having good um, relationships with the athletic trainers are is important. Good relationships with the other SIDs in the conference is important because um, you know sometimes everybody's working together to communicate, but sometimes some people just forget. And so if you have those good relationships with everybody, you're going to get that news from somebody when you need it. And um, I know I usually get hit by like three or four different people with the same news. And I'd rather get hit by three or four people with the same news than nobody. So those relationships are definitely important across the board. Shelby, do you wanna talk about the communication um, in this process when you're newer on a campus? Yeah, um, it's been interesting. I, um, Valley was like coming back home. I came to Valley as a student athlete. Um, my husband's coached here for a few years. So thankfully I was um, jumping into a position where I knew quite a few of the coaches here, but uh, everybody's right on pace with what they've said. Uh, building the relationships with the coaches, I'd say with the athletic directors on your campus or whoever your supervisors are too, has been a huge thing here. Um, we like from the conference level down, we have weekly athletic director meetings on Mondays. Um, we have a 22 member task force that meets weekly on Tuesdays. And so um, through those two, we've been able to kind of catch some of the things that we knew were coming up if a team was having to go on a two week pause or cancellations were happening or an overhaul needed to happen um, when we went into our winter sports based on what we learned in the fall. And being able to sit in on those and have a seat at the table for those discussions has been something that's helped me be able to relay that information back out to SIDs. Um, and it's been the same way on campus. Luckily here, I'm able to um, 
get some of the heads up if it's a conference game I know about it before it goes out but it's just a constant line of consistent communication um, with everybody that's involved that's helped us move forward and you make a good point about seat at the table and for uh, SIDs who may not currently have a seat at the table on their campus now is as good of a time as there ever has been to have that open conversation with your athletic director and your athletic leadership about the importance of having your communication person with a seat at the table. If there's ever been a time, it certainly is now. And um, John, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how the conference is communicating with schools, um, both with scheduling changes and potential rescheduled uh, events. Well, we had um, one of the things that you know I've referred to, uh, we've already had a bunch of scheduling, you know, rescheduling, so I'm on, my word file schedule change number five is what I'm up to now. So, and I'm sure the number is going to go higher. So, um, yeah, the other, um, when I heard the rest of the panelists talk about this, timing can be tricky because the schools, you know, anytime you have a postponement, you have at least two teams involved. So, most times the administrators on those campuses say, we really don't want our players to find out from somebody else we would like to tell them. But that's not always that practical because it can get tricky because team A may be practicing at two o'clock in the afternoon and team B is not getting together till later in the day. We're trying to coordinate a time so that, so that at least we can announce it and the media doesn't, you know, doesn't announce it first. So the whole thing can be a little bit tricky with, with good intentions. It doesn't always work out perfectly, but, um, um, but that's obviously the goal. You want to try to be sensitive to all the Now this leads right uh, into our next topic, which is the line of communication. Um, what is the line of communication between the conference office and the athletic department on different changes? And I think Shelby, you're, since you're in such an interesting spot, kind of wearing two hats, it'd be great for you to start. Yeah, um, so we touch base every Monday. We have all 14, 14 of our athletic directors hop on a Zoom call every Monday. And we kind of go through with where everybody's at um, as of that day, if there's any red flags that are popping up. Um, obviously from Monday to Wednesday, that stance may change, but we try to meet on a weekly basis to discuss um, if we need to go through and change things. And that's something that we learned in the basketball season. We did a major overhaul of our conference schedule before it got started. I think we launched it the week before. So uh, from there, it's schedule changes. Athletic directors work with the conference office. Um, the conference office works directly with the scheduler of the officials and uh, it kind of trickles down from there. Coaches working together, coaches working with SIDs, and it's just kind of like a streamlined process of here's who's going down. And we've got, um, we've learned a play when you're healthy mentality. And so you might not be playing team A on Wednesday. You might have to play team C because they're the only one healthy and open. And it's been kind of like pieces to the puzzle as we've went through to see who's able to play. But that's something that's taken the coordination of each member of our conference as the situations arise. Felicia, what about you? I know obviously in division two, um, not having the same number of eyeballs on a program that maybe a, a Coastal Carolina is having right now with their historic football season, but 
people are, are certainly paying attention to the changes happening on campuses. How are you communicating? What's that line of communication? Um, with the conference office, um, it's definitely nothing's going out until it's verified through the conference office. Um, right now, the home teams have the ability to put out a press release if they choose to. Um, it's definitely limited messaging like we talked about earlier. Nobody's putting out anything specific to anybody. Um, but the changes are definitely on the fly. Like Shelby just said, you may be expecting to play one team tomorrow and find out they're not healthy and you're looking around to see who else is healthy. I think one, um, one day we had an open, open night where we usually are playing a conference game, but there was only four healthy teams in the conference. So we still didn't get to play because the other two teams were playing each other and we were supposed to play the other team over the weekend. So we ended up with an open night where we couldn't fit anybody in. But, um, but those, just, those things just are happening and you just have to be ready to roll with them at this point. Kevin, what about you, especially with the changes that can occur at any given moment in a football season when you have so many student athletes that are being tested? Yeah, it's it's one of those really, really add in the um, the the administration if they're on uh, the communication you have with them. I know um, especially at our level, um, it's our ads that are working directly with the commissioner uh, in terms of any type of changes and working together. and And so it's important that they keep uh, us uh, communications people in the loop. Um, I know that you know ultimately they make the change, and, and we just are the ones that are supposed to communicate it out and and get it out to the, to the masses. And, and so it's, it's important that not only do you have a, a good relationship with the, the conference communications, but also that the ADs um, and, and sports administrators and, and uh, are, are keeping you all in the loop, um, keeping, keeping their SID in the loop, because ultimately they're gonna find out uh, first and, and know where, what's uh, going to be the change. So um, it always starts kind of like, the, the, like with the conference, but then it's, it spreads through you. So it's all about the chain of command and, and making sure, like you said earlier, that the seat at the table, that, that you're part of that, so you understand when the change is going to occur and what exactly it's going to be. And John, of course, you being in a conference office, um, you know, you, you're in the middle of the start of, of this with the basketball season, and you've seen changes, uh, one right here in my own backyard with, with Seton Hall and St. John's, both having uh, to play each other after their original opponents were unable to. You want to talk about how that communication is going between your office and the schools and um, you know, any advice you might have on that front? Well, we were doing, we've been doing a lot what Felicia was talking to. You're kind of mixing and matching. Um, and uh, I think I said before the call, we just announced our January and February basketball season now. I mean, you know, that, that's never happened before. And it's, you know, as a hedge to, so because we already have some games to make up, we're trying to play extra games in December as a hedge against January and February, but still um, we didn't announce our schedule. So, um, and until this week, so that's certainly, you know, the start of something unusual. Um, the other thing that, you know, a conference like us that when you reschedule a game too, not only do you have to have teams involved, you have to have venue available. You have to have officiating available. For us, when we certainly move a game, we want to have our TV partner 
which is Fox Sports, we want to have them available to do the game. So it's just not, you know, call school A, call school B, hey, can we get together at three o'clock? Sure. Uh, at, at least, you know, we certainly try to uh, have everything fall in place. You know, I mean, you have to have officials, obviously, for a game. So I, I would say that a lot of times before we even talk about things, you know, we, we need to get our officiating straight too, because I'm sure this is, you know, true across the board. Officials just don't work your league. They also work other leagues. They're independent contractors, you know, all that, all that. And that's a great point you made about officiating. It's actually going to lead really well into our next topic about staffing, but, you know, officiating, you're, you're seeing start times for games this year that you've never seen before ever a two o'clock game on a Monday, you know, a four o'clock game on a Thursday afternoon. Do any of our panels kind of want to talk about, you know, obviously this year by itself is going to be in somebody's memoir one day, but I want to talk about just that adjustment to playing at unusual times. Um, I can start. We, <laughs> I laugh because we, we literally tonight got a game scheduled for Monday, 2 PM basketball never happens, <laughs> but, um, but it's been interesting this semester for us because we don't have any students on campus and students are a huge part of my staff. And um, so I've had to train a lot of people, some people on the fly, depending on what they're doing. Um, we've been working a lot with scores table for stat keeping so that that frees up some of us who normally do the stat keeping to have to do other things. We, we may be running the video board that day. We may be playing music. We may be on a camera for the live stream. We might be directing the live stream. We just don't know. So we all have to be ready for any and everything. And, um, but we're, we're also helping each other out in our conference. And um, so if I need, if we're playing, for example, Lenore Ryan one night and I have some open spots that I need filled I feel confident that I can call their SIDs and see if they can make the trip to come help out if we have some spots that we need help with. Um, and the same thing with many of the schools in our conference. Um, we're just trying to help each other out to get it all done at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, I think one of my worst fears ever as an SID was forgetting that there was a game. You know, it's something that people have probably woken up in the middle of the night and, and with a nightmare thinking they forgot a basketball game or a softball game or something because of changes. So with staffing these events, sometimes on the fly, you know, Felicia touched on it with a good example. Uh, how are you going about staffing when you have to scramble? Kevin, you're obviously dealing with a sport like football where there's a lot more moving pieces than some sports. How are you able to handle the staffing when you have to make these changes? Are you able to uh, depend on SIDs from other schools or other department staff who might be able to help in a pinch? How, how are you managing this? It's 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 funny you ask that because we actually are in a, a pinch this week. Uh, we have the uh, Sunbelt Championship game this week, which obviously wasn't expected. And then uh, the Myrtle Beach Bowl was hosted at our place two days later. So we're, we're reaching out to a, a number of community members that have helped us in the past. Um, the, the other thing we've had is a, a lot of uh, athletic administration people have, have kicked in and helped. Uh, you know, we have our, our compliance director and business operations persons have been uh, out temp checking, you know, media members for games and have been uh, selling tickets and, and doing whatever we need to do to help fill out. And then 
it's always great when you're you're able to call up a, a colleague and a friend and and somebody else in the business, even um, even if they're not in your conference, but they're regional and, and they don't have a game for some odd reason and and they drive down and help out. So I, I've made a couple of, of, of favor calls into a number of colleagues and, and former people that I've worked with at other schools and and you know they've been great. You know it's it's all about helping each other out, whether you're in the same conference or or not or. Or just you know anything that you can help out in a fellow SID is, is is something that I know that I always appreciate and I'm always willing to do and and that 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 is huge when you're making adjustments on the fly and in our need of help. Obviously, we're all going to owe people a bunch of drinks at the next Cosida convention when hopefully that happens in 2021. But you're you're also dealing with people that you know have priorities on their own campus. Um, have you had difficulty? you know, with people not wanting to come cover games that was not involving their school because of the unpredictability of, of the environment? Uh, we have had not had that issue. Um, you know, we, we have experienced other schools not traveling SIDs for certain sports um, that we normally would, uh, you know, especially in the basketballs now that they've started up. So it's one of those things as a league, we, we kind of get together, uh, um, like Shelby said, uh, uh, the, the Sunbelt Conference once a week, all the head SIDs get together and talk about how we can help each other out. Um, it's one thing where we always have, for instance, um, if, if the SID is not there, the home SID will provide some photos for, for each team. They'll provide um, some type of video melt or video link. Um, so that way they would have some footage of the game. Um, and it's just all about helping each other out because we know in times right now with staffs being uh, you know, and budgets being depleted and, and cut across the board that it's all about helping each other out so that we can help promote our schools and our teams the best way we can. Shelby, how about you? How are you managing staffing challenges, um, especially, you know, at, at a smaller school NAIA? I, I worked my whole career in Division Three. You know how many hats you have to wear on a game day. How are you managing um, just the, the nuances of this new normal of competing? Yeah, we're really lucky in the conference. Um, we've got a great group of SIDs that work really well together. Um, like during football season, I remotely sat at a football game for an SID that was on quarantine 400 miles away. So um, it's been good that we can just touch base. And if we've got something going on, we've got one right now that's working for um, to try to outline scheduling in uh, April because the spring is going to get a little hectic. We've moved all of our postseason from the fall to the spring and everything's kind of starting to stack up. So uh, we just communicate with each other to try to see if we can get coverage when it comes to something sports information related, like stats um, specifically, or web streaming, that kind of stuff, because most of our institutions, they oversee all of that as the SIDs on their campuses. Um, we've also had institutions in our conference that are they're relying on coaches from other sports to help stat things, especially um, while we're over the holiday break, they've got a baseball coach doing shot clock or they've got a volleyball coach doing the book because they don't have any students that are on campus at this point. So it's just been a matter of seeing who's available to pitch in um, and going around and figuring out if they are available, how can they plug into what you need? Remotely statting a football game, something else we could all add on to the uh, 2020 checklist of something we never thought we would do, but we have. Um, coordinating announcements, wording. 
this, I'll start with Felicia, but this really is for anybody, whether you're at the institutional level or the conference level. If you can give a couple tips on how you're wording the announcements about these constant changes. Um, for us, we've pretty much all taken the lead of our conference office. And like I said earlier, we're not putting too many details in a press release. Um, we're basically saying COVID related issues is basically the gist of the statement as to why the games are being rescheduled. Um, we don't really put out there whose team it was as far as whether it was us or the team we were supposed to play. We just say to, the games are canceled due to COVID related issues at the end of the day. Um, like I said, we're all trying to work together and nobody's trying to make anybody look bad at the end of the day. Um, so we're all just trying to promote our schools in a good way. and so. We want to keep everybody healthy and we're just making sure everybody's safe. So when we put the messaging out there, we're just putting it out there to let people know that the games have been changed due to this and we're being as transparent as we can about it. What words are you using? Are you using postponed, uh, um, canceled? Are you mentioning that? It's um, we are postponing ours for our conference games. Um, if they're non-conference, they're, they're getting canceled for the most part. But if they are conference games, we're postponing them for the time being and trying to get them rescheduled wherever we can. Shelby, what about you? Yeah, we're right in line with that. Um, back in the fall, we had more of the schedule changes kind of hit hard at the beginning of fall season starting. and. Um, I put together a release that was just a general outline from the conference office with a quote from our commissioner and sent it to each of the individual institutions as a guideline. Um, and they were able to spin it however they needed to, to fit their institution. And then it was just a matter of coordinating with the SIDs um, of the opposing schools so they could try to, if the timeline would fit, release it at the same time or similar timelines. Um, I know John had mentioned before, it's not always as easy, especially as you navigate class schedules and practice schedules to make sure coaches can tell players before it goes out. But we tried to respect that um, as best as we could. And so we left it up to the institutions to promote it um, when it fit their timetables best. John, from a conference standpoint, how are you wording? Uh, as short and sweet as we can. Um, sweet's probably the wrong word. Um, due to COVID related issues. Uh, we would love to do what Felicia is doing and not identify the team, but honestly, we can't quote, get away with that. I mean, that's, that's going to be, uh, um, people are gonna know or then people are gonna pursue it. So uh, we're up, that's the way that we think we have to be upfront about it. Um, so we'll say due to COVID related issues within Team X program and then if the schools want to go beyond that or people ask us things like, well, how many people tested positive and all those kinds of those, those are institutional decisions. They can do, they can do what they want with it. And obviously there's a lot that they can't reveal just because of HIPAA related uh, requirements. So that clearly becomes a, a consideration, but, you know, I think, you know, John and Felicia both just talked about how depending on the school or the conference, uh, what's revealed can be very different depending on 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 the needs and also the philosophy uh, of each of each organization. How, well, Kevin, how about yourself though? Um, you're dealing with a, a sport where you have you know could be over a hundred kids, could be one person tested positive, could be 
the entire offensive line, God forbid. How are you wording? So we, we kind of as a conference agreed that we would be a little more detailed uh, in terms of letting, kind of like John said, letting the, the, the team that, that um, was canceling or was having to postpone, they would kind of take the lead on how they wanted to word it, um, but that it would be a little more detailed in terms of, of, of it being uh, the emphasis placed on one specific team that, that was having the issues. Um, mainly because there's there's so much more beyond that um, with the contact tracing and with the number of, uh, of players that, that are impacted by that and how many players you might lose. You might lose more than, than one game. You might lose two. And so uh, the, the, the emphasis to put on to make sure we at least include the team that is impacted uh, is something that um, our league decided that was important because that way fans would know whether or not to expect another game from another team or if another team, in our instance, was, was to pick up a, a, a game that week, they would understand that it wasn't our team that was impacted by it. That's a good point. And actually staying with you, Kevin, uh, social media. How are you doing the social media updates? Obviously, that's where people are going to likely turn to information before they even go to the website. And then how are you handling the website updates so you're staying as current as quickly as possible? Well, we try to do the social media at the same time as our website, so we're all on the same page. However, a lot of times that's not the case. Um, you know, if, if information leaks, uh, then then we try to use the social media as the outlet in terms of, of getting the correct information out. Because usually, if it leaks, it's on the social media is where uh, where it's getting out. Um, perfect example was uh, with our change with Liberty and BYU. It was being reported we were playing BYU. On a Wednesday night, um, the testing results were not even back from us or Liberty on uh, by that time. So we got on social media to let people know that that was not true. As of as of Wednesday night, when we put that out, we were still playing Liberty um, pending the test that would come back on Thursday. So it's a way to try to stop the rumors from happening, but also inform people um, of when changes do occur. So that's what people look at first now. And, and the website is a secondary to that. So we try to do it at the same time but sometimes it's more important that you get it out um, uh, first on the social media and then the website can follow up as, as a, another need to know or, or more information to come type uh, area for people to look for. Felicia, how are you handling both website updates and social during this time? Um, like Kevin said, we also try to update both at the same time. Um, we don't have too many issues with leaks happening. Um, so we, we usually don't have to rush, rush to the social media route, but, um, but we usually try to update both at the same time. We usually don't make any updates until we have heard from the conference office or that the change has been finalized, just because honestly, with so many cancellations happening, you may think that you're, you got changed to play this team and then find out that that team's out. And so until we get that paperwork through email, we don't make a change at all. But, um, but yeah, we definitely try to change it at the same time so that it's going out together. Um, but yeah, most people check it on the social media first, definitely, and then follow on to the website to see what's going on. Are you divvying up the responsibilities to time it out so it can happen at the same time? Um, yeah, yeah, we, we like to update both at the same time, honestly. And- um, Do you have help with yeah, that? So, so yeah, we I have um, my assistant actually handles most of social media posts um, when it comes to stuff like that. So we're usually pretty 
in good communication through text, texting each other back and forth about what's going out and what's getting changed. So we're usually pretty in sync about updating everything. Ira, we have uh, we have enough scheduling changes that we do have a scheduled change graphic. That's another never thought you I mean, maybe during baseball and softball season, some years where you have massive rainouts, but that is certainly a first for sure, John. Oh. I was gonna ask Shelby with being um, you know, really wearing two hats here on campus conference. Um, what's been the priority? Is it different on the conference level than it is uh, in terms of what gets updated than it is on the campus level? Um, I don't know that it's different, but I let the institutions lead it. So from an institutional level, um, we've got a small staff here. And so I'll be writing the article that goes out saying that we've got a postponement, publish it, change the website, and then go on to the conference Twitter and retweet it. Um, and that's kind of been just, we try to keep it all in sync and um, lined up as best as we can when everything goes out. So obviously this next portion of the question is near and dear to my heart now that I've moved into university communications and I always like to be communicated with so I don't have any surprises. How are you uh, communicating with university communications, campus communications on your campus? Um, so, so they're in the loop, obviously, um, the messaging is more often than not going to come from athletics directly, but what tips do you have and reminders do you have for how you can work with your campus folks? Shelby, I start with you on this one, actually. Yeah, um, I think the benefit for us here being so small is a lot of the people that we have in our streamline for communications all wear that hat. So our associate AD is the director of game ops. So when a schedule change comes through, he's already in the loop on it. Um, the big thing here, I think, is when we've got major events, so homecoming, um, when we had to go through and cancel homecoming this year, was just working with uh, the communications here on the university side of things and making sure that we were sending out a message that matched um, and that the timeline for releases works with what they've got going on because they've got other things that they've got to promote and push out as well. So just a open stream of communications with them. They might not be um, in that room normally, but I think making sure that you're touching base with them, especially when big things are changing has been a huge help to us. Kevin, you're in a slightly different situation. I mean, obviously you guys aren't um, a BCS level school, but there's a lot of attention around your program right now and you are a division one shop. How has that cross communication worked with your campus university uh, communication staff? Well, they've become our best friends uh, since about um, March of last year. Um, it's one of those things with um, not just the COVID, but with the success we've had, uh, news has become involved in a lot of, uh, of wanting to know what is going on on our campus and the athletic side. So we've worked hand in hand on a number of, uh, of things in terms uh, of like Shelby said, to make sure we're on the same page. Um, you know, we're getting the same message out on the COVID front in terms of, uh, you know, making sure we do not release any specific group. Uh, we're, we're providing the, the keeping the rights of, of each, not only student, but student athlete, um, the HIPAA laws and making sure we're not, um, you know, putting anybody in the situation they need to be in. But at the same time, you know, we've worked with them on a number of, um, of instances with uh, the news wanting to cover us from a news side and all the success we've had uh, 
whether it be through uh, uh, applications for admissions as well as marketing and, and dollars that are coming in. And, and so it's one of those things that, um, you know, I've picked up the phone a lot, a lot more the past couple of months to, to talk to them and, and make sure we're on the same page and they've been great. Um, and they're in the same boat as we are, like Shelby said, they're wearing many hats. And, and so they, uh, they'll pick up the phone and ask us a number of questions as well. And uh, working together has been, been great here at Coastal. And, and uh, it's one of those things, I think, uh, as you know, Ira, if you have somebody that, that keeps you in the loop and you can trust to, to help you get your message out and, and they can trust you, it makes your job a whole lot easier. Uh, Felicia, what about Queens? How are you handling it with your university communication folks? Um, as far as on the athletic side, they um, were all on the same page, but majority of the athletic messaging has been coming out from the athletic side. Um, our AD definitely keeps in, um, keeps in close contact with the VP over our, our communications um, side of things. And, but not only that, um, I've worked over the years to build that relationship with folks in their office as well. And so we're all, whenever we need something from each other or need a favor, we're a phone call away or an email or a text. Um, we definitely look out for each other and help each other out with messaging that we need to go out. But, um, but as far as the messaging on the athletic side of things when dealing with what's going on currently, um, it's pretty much come out on the athletic side. Now we've definitely taken a cue of what to put out from them. Um, and they've definitely led and given us some of the messaging to go out, but it's definitely more so come out on our end and they more so put out the university messaging, especially right now with us not having any students on campus, um, they're coming back next semester. So a lot of their focus has been on that and um, the messaging going out around that. One other thing to factor into the game day experience is the facility. I mean, you have to constantly change what's happening in facilities and when cleaning facilities, obviously making sure that um, the COVID testing and other protocol is being adhered to. You may want to touch on how they're communicating with their facilities and their IT uh, and event people on, on your campuses right now to make sure that uh, we're not having any cross ups. I don't know, we had a situation uh, at Xavier this year where they had a basketball game at noon on a weekday. Uh, and someone in the TV truck got a positive test and found out when that person had already started working for the game. So Fox thought about it and decided that they weren't going to televise the game. They pulled the whole production. This was like an hour before tip off. But what Xavier did when what we all try to do and what we have to do is think on our feet a little bit. So they took, they used some cameras, they put the game, they streamed the game on for their fans. And so no, the game wasn't on TV, but they were able to get the message out within an hour, within an hour to their fans and the, the Xavier fans could watch a stream of the game. So. That's not your normal situation, I think, that, you know, that people are running into, but it's, you know, like something you don't anticipate, but you have to be ready for. Especially having the equipment with them to be able to uh, stream that quickly, because not everybody will um, have that available. Is that, would that be advice that some of you guys may have to have a backup plan for how you're going to handle one of these events, streaming, if there's if you're supposed to be 
uh, streaming crew and they don't show up, TV crew doesn't show up because of COVID. Um, you know, somebody has a stack computer and they were supposed to stat the game and they test positive about how you can pivot quickly. Yeah, I'll speak on that hour. We've, we've learned to have a backup plan to a backup plan. Um, we've, we've learned to make sure that everybody has their own backup. And, and if not, um, you know, it's one of those things where somebody else has to, to fill in, you know, shift over and do another role. And, and that's something that we've, we've kind of prided ourselves on this, this year, because knock on wood, we have not had any, uh, uh, home, home events, uh, canceled because of COVID until recently, until this week, we just announced, uh, basketball will be out, but in terms of our staff and, and, and just be able to wear many hats, you know, I've gone through and had to, uh, spray down some some volleyballs before to help our operations guy out before a match just to make sure everything was clean and and that's what we do to help prom to promote our student athletes and help make sure that it's the best experience for them and the safe experience for them Alicia, what about you i would echo that just being able to wear multiple hats and being ready to jump in wherever you're needed is definitely key um today and so um, a lot of people on our staff are wearing many hats and jumping in wherever they're needed right now so we can um, get our games going. Um, that's, that's at the end of the day, we're trying to allow our teams to get some games in and get on the court and play right now or in the pool. We have our swim teams on campus right now with basketball. So we're just doing any and everything that we can as a staff to support them and, um, and help them win. Is there anything that you're foregoing um, just because of limitations with staff and, and some of these constant changes and people being pulled in multiple directions? Is there anything, and this is really for anybody, um, something that you know just isn't going to be as much of a priority as something else given what we're going through? Yes, we, we kind of went, went away from anything in terms of um, uh, game day programs. Uh, like printing those because that's something that if there's changes, you know, usually uh, I think everybody can attest to this on this panel that you always try to work ahead. So um, if you're getting changes, you know, at the last minute, we've, we've kind of gone away from game day programs. Um, we've kind of gone away from media guides and, and just kind of doing a, a record books. Um, just anything like that that can kind of help save the time and uh, to, to focus on, on the actual events taking place and, and how we can help promote those. Um, especially now that most of us are, you know, short staffed or, or, or budget reasons, we, you know, printing is, is not an option a lot of times. So uh, it's one of the many things that you do. And, and I jokingly told my AD that, that my next contract should just be just literally should just say other duties assigned. Um, and we should just roll with that. And, and that would be the most accurate thing that all of us uh, have to do across the board. Alicia, Shelby, anything on your campuses that you're eliminating for going not making as much of a priority right now with everything we're, we're going through and the changes. Um, yeah, we were right there with game day programs. We're not printing those. Um, we didn't do schedule posters. We um, sometimes like in terms of being short staffed, there's been some games where we've gone without a photographer or we've got whoever's doing um, announcing doing another duty. So our head SID here for basketball games, he does stats and is the PA announcer with a referee's mic. <laughs> um, so we've had some things where we've had to combine because we're a little short staffed, but uh, the major things that we typically do have still been business as usual with a different person behind it, I guess you could say. All right. 
how, and I think mental health is something that's important to talk about right now because we're all struggling, regardless of what hat you're wearing, you're struggling right now, some more than others. How are you, how are you keeping yourself focused and, and, and really you know, motivated and even sane during this unprecedented time? It's hard on everybody. It's hard to stay organized. How are you managing? Um, Felicia, we'll start with you first. Um, I would definitely say that it's been interesting. Um, I know for a lot of us, it was it was hard not having athletic events going on for so long. Um, we're so used to always being at our athletic events that when everything shut down back in March, a lot of us were sitting around like, okay, what do we do now? And then you didn't expect it to last this long. So a lot of us probably are, could be in a better place right now that athletic events are actually happening again. Um, it's definitely different right now. It's not the same. Um, you have to adjust, you have to adapt. You have to be ready to adjust. You have to be ready to adapt because no day is the same at all right now, even more so than it was before when you said that um, in the world that we work in. So, um, I mean, I think you kind of just, at this point have to expect the unexpected because if you expect things to go the way you plan them out you may you may drive yourself a little crazy in this landscape so um so i mean you can plan as much as you want to or plan as much as you can but when changes occur you just gotta be ready to pivot um that's all you can do right now and um i i try not to me personally try not to take take make anything too serious <laughs> because there's so many things are changing so I try to stay lighthearted and I try to just keep keep a positive outlook on everything and um and and that that would be my advice just try to stay positive in everything that's going on um try to try to work with grace with everybody expect that everybody's you know coming from a good place because we're all in this together and we're all all over the place really so just know that nobody is out out to be rude or out to do this or out to do that when they're coming at you for help um it's just it's just an interesting landscape so you just kind of have to roll with it <laughs> kevin how are you staying focused and keeping yourself just mentally sharp during incredibly challenging circumstances well, I, I try to stay mentally sharp. Sometimes we don't get, <laughs> there's a, there's moments where we're not there, uh, but uh, I mean, it helps to, to have a good administration that understands um, what all we're going through on a regular basis. So that's been great. Coaches that understand, you know, hey, they, they, you know, there's there's priorities for some things going on, particularly in sports stuff. And and we know that you're there for us if we, if we really need you, but, you know, don't sweat the small things. We'll, we'll be fine over here. Um, it helps to have a good wife at home that understands that you're going to have many long hours and, and, and be gone uh, a good amount now. But I think it all comes down to why we do this is for the student athletes. And, and, you know, if I'm having a tough day or, you know, a change just, you know, just changes everything I've done for that week, you, you go talk to a student athlete about why they want to play and, and how much they're enjoying playing and why they feel like they need to be playing instead of, uh, you know, not playing. And, and it just makes it worthwhile and, and lets you know that, you know, hey, what you're doing is for a good cause and, it, and it's for them. And, and it, it kind of brings you back to, to why you're in this to begin with. And, 
And, um, you know, we all got in it because we love, love sports and, and love, love student athletes. And, and so sometimes you just need a reminder of that. And, and every now and then it's good to just go over and, and talk to a student athlete about it. So um, I think that that'd be my advice is just remember why we're doing it, you know, and, and it does get long hours and we do a lot of work. Like um, Felicia said, it's a lot of stuff that, you know, you're, we're all in this together. So just, just helping each other out and remembering why we do what we do. A hug from your husband or wife, if you have one or significant other, um, probably good right now, especially since that's probably the only person you can hug right now. Um, but uh, Shelby, you know, you wearing multiple hats, how, how are you keeping yourself just, just sharp and motivated and, and, and not going crazy? Um, I think so along with what Kevin was saying, like, I try to remind myself on hard days, what was it that I missed for the five months where we didn't have anything going on or the six months, because it was always, I wanted to be able to do my job. Like that's something that I wanted to be able to do. So when those hard days start to come or, um, basketball season's always hard because my husband's a coach. And so, um, it's a lot of hours where I might not have a home event, but that means that he's on the road somewhere. So just trying to remember like what it is about this job that you love. Most people get in this, they try to make it a career and there's a reason behind it. And so I try to focus on that. And then I feel like a lot of people get in here with type A personalities and they want to be able to like plan, plan, plan. And so it's been a good um, learning process of being able to truly be flexible. I think people like to think that they are, but then when your schedule changes three times in a week and you freak out, you're maybe not as flexible as you thought you were. So um, just trying to let go of you're not going to be able to control everything. You're not going to be able to control the schedule or what's going on and controlling what you can and being flexible and going with the flow on what you can't um, have all been big things to like help us move through the fall. That's great advice. Control what you can control. John, you're the veteran here. You've seen a lot over your Hall of Fame career. Um, you know, what would your advice be for, for some of the uh, newer members of COSIDA who clearly have never seen, I'm not that any of us ever have seen a pandemic like this before, but who have really uh, maybe are, are dealing with adversity like this for the first time, what would be your advice as a veteran? My advice is hopeful advice that this is the only time this is ever going to happen. I mean, this, this is this is not even close to anything we've dealt with, um, certainly in my time, which is, I think, longer than the times of anybody on this panel. And so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to get better. Now, that doesn't mean it's not hard. And I don't go to a campus like, you know, uh, school people do. And um, so our offices are in Midtown Manhattan. Uh, we haven't been back yet. So I'm still working out of my house. You know, I've been uh, in a couple times to quote, get some things. So it's hard. I don't like not having the choice. My uh, mentally, it is difficult. Um, my outlook on the day is usually reflected on how many Zoom calls I have scheduled for that day. Um, I know that's the way we have to do business, but it's, it's not that efficient. Um, I miss walking down the hall and talking to somebody. And, uh, you know, and solving a problem in three minutes instead of setting up a Zoom call. But, um, you know, we don't, we just stay at it and we, we do what we need to do to get it done. And, um, 
you know, whether we have three things on our plate for a day or 20 things. And I, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people, at least on our board calls, have mentioned um, uh, Steve Kirshner's tweets uh, when he said, when he listed a million things and he said, you want, you want a million things done? Well, you talk to an SID because they get it done. So, you know, these are trying times, but we're, we're going to plow forward and we're going to get through it. Um, and to me, the, there is no other answer. You know, there, there is no other, uh, there is no alternative. We're just going to work hard and we're going to get through and things are going to get better. This leads to our final question of our webinar, and it's about what you've learned through this time, the lessons learned, your takeaways, perhaps how this has made you better at crisis planning and crisis communications. John, I'll start with you. Um, the uniqueness of this whole thing um, is testing all of us. Um, in some ways, every day is crisis communication, uh, unlike uh, normal times. Um, I think I've learned to uh, have relationships or, or strengthen relationships through, uh, you know, through Zoom and through the telephone. I talk to my staff, obviously, all the time on the phone. You, you, you do develop a little bit of a different skills skill set um, in talking to people and dealing with people and texting and calling. And I do try to make it a little bit more of a concerted effort to call people on the phone instead of texting them because I want to hear voices and I think that's important. So maybe a little bit more of an emphasis on that. Um, you're, you learn how to connect in different ways, you know. None of us knew what Zoom was a year ago. And, uh, and now we've kind of figured that stuff out. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I would say, try to use what's out there that we have and be better at it. We all knew what Zoom was a year ago. We'd be very wealthy right now because we don't know a lot of stock. <laughs> um, Felicia, your thoughts on what your, the outcome of this, the, the, the lessons learned and how um, everybody can be better. Um, I think one important lesson to learn is um, what's truly important <laughs> when it comes down to things. Um, um, we, we all may have thought or had things in top of our mind before this happened and, um, and it's definitely given us a reset button for all of us. So I think, um, I think definitely learning to control what you can control and um, and just just realize what's truly important. And um, I think a lot of us have learned more about our staff staff members and our um, colleagues that we work with that we may not have learned before. And um, it's allowed relationships to change and they're not so transactional anymore um, as they may have been before. And I think that that that's a good thing that has come out of this, honestly, so. That's, that's awesome advice, thank you. Shelby, your, your, uh, your final takeaways, lessons learned. Um, I think my biggest lesson so far has been learning to be comfortable living in the gray. Um, if anything has been more, I don't know the right wording for it, but uh, 
things haven't been black and white since March. There hasn't been a yes or a no answer to a lot of things when it comes to athletics or scheduling, or if you're coming back or if we're doing things business as usual or not. Um, and I think the same goes with all of the schedule changes and last minute cancellations and issues and going through and prioritizing our list of things to do is that you have to be okay living in the gray and being flexible. Um, that's been the thing that saved us moving forward just athletically from fall to winter is being okay knowing that something that maybe didn't work in the fall might work in the winter or vice versa, but there's not a solid yes or no on a lot of things right now. And you just have to be okay and navigate that. Kevin, the, the last word on this is yours. Yeah, we, we've, we've had two mottos here, not just in our, our football team, but also in our, our office. I've kind of is um, basically to adjust and adapt to whatever it is that may be coming on. Um, you know, you got to be willing to adjust and, and, and then make that change because it's probably going to be like that from, from there on out. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and like Shelby said earlier, control what you can control. Um, I've quickly learned um, that a lot of things are out of our control in this area. Usually you're, you're able to control kind of the message you're getting out and, and um, you know, control who's going to be working what games and, and how that, you know, how the message is going to be out. But it, uh, that's something that has changed drastically um, these last six months in this season. And, and then also just to, re to remember that, uh, you know, you can always learn. Um, you're always learning something new. Uh, you know, like John said, whether it's a Zoom call whether it's um, learning something new about uh, your staff, uh, like Felicia said, and, and more importantly, just always learning something new to continue to grow. And, and, and that's another way to keep your mind sharp and, and continue to help uh, not only your university, but uh, this profession grow as, as we move forward. Thank you, Kevin. And I definitely want to thank our four panels today, Kevin Davis, John Paquette, Shelby Scott, and Felicia Short, for their insights and what they uh, hopefully the, the information they provided today will be helpful to Arkansas members as they try to navigate what is an, truly a, a hectic time that nobody's ever dealt with before, potentially having three seasons overlapping at the same time in the coming months and just the unpredictability of the schedule on, on a daily basis. We wish everyone a lot of luck as they do navigate this uh, new scheduling situation that we're in. Um, we wish everybody happy holidays and we really thank everyone at Casada for bringing this continuing education, this professional development and education committee webinar to you. Once again, I do wanna thank um, our title partner for this, our corporate partners at Capital One for their continued investment in our membership as the sponsor of the educational webinar series here. That's it for today. There'll be more professional development and education committee webinars on the schedule. So please check back on cosida.com to see what's on the schedule in the coming days and weeks. Happy holidays, everyone, and good luck and stay healthy. Be well. <laughs>